In this episode, we travel to 1930s Ethiopia with a new book called The Shadow King, and we take a look at the book everybody has been waiting for, The Water Dancer, the debut novel by legendary essayist and non-fiction writer Ta-Nehisi Coates. Welcome to Read This, the book show where we tell you what's hot in the world of literature, brought to you by the Johannesburg Review of Books and Volume. My name is Jennifer Malik, and I'm the editor of the Johannesburg Review of Books. To subscribe to Read This on WhatsApp, add the number 082-382-1222 to your contact list and send us a message. You can also listen to Read This wherever you get your podcasts. In the November issue of the JRB, which is out now, Ifemi Achela reviews The Shadow King by Ethiopian-American author Maza Mengiste. Maza Mengiste was born in Addis Ababa in Ethiopia in 1974, but left at the age of four when her family had to flee the Ethiopian Revolution. She spent the rest of her childhood in Nigeria, Kenya, and the United States. She currently lives in New York. Her debut novel, Beneath the Lion's Gaze, was published nine years ago to great critical acclaim, and her new novel, The Shadow King, which was published this year, is set during Mussolini's 1935 invasion of Ethiopia. The book takes us back to the first real conflict of World War II and casts light on the women soldiers who've been left out of the historical record. Ifemi Achela, our contributing and francophone editor, is here in the studio with me today to talk about The Shadow King and also to chat a little bit about her series, The Temporary Sojourner, where she travels to different African countries by reading the novels that come from those countries. Well, I really enjoyed... Beneath the Lion's Gaze, which was Mars's first novel. And I was also really interested in her talking about this novel. She mentioned that it was based on her viewing photographs of that time and also a family story about her great aunt, who was also a warrior. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. And uh, did she sort of weave those family stories into the book? Yeah, a little bit. And it basically sparked a lot of the research that she did um, in order to write the book. Um, and so I thought it would be a perfect choice for my temporary sojourner column to go to Ethiopia. Mm. In your review, you mentioned Bibi Bakara Yusuf, who's the legendary publisher and founder of Cassava yes. Republic Press. And you mentioned her keynote address that she made the, at the Ubuntu Book Festival in 2018, where she spoke about um, the archive. And I'm, I'll quote a little bit from her speech. She said, we have to stop thinking of the archive merely as that which is past. We have to think of it simultaneously as past, present and future. We have to think of the archive as a curation of knowledge, experience and worlds in the now to help order a past for the purpose of the future. And I was just wondering, like, maybe you could talk a little bit about how that sort of archive is brought through in the novel. Well, it's quite interesting because in the novel you have um, the character of Hirut, who is a young sort of um, servant girl, and she gets involved in the war as a fighter and we see her change through a series of photographs that get taken by her family, um, by the Italians who are the invading force and it is kind of like an archive within itself, the book, because you have all these um, interweaving stories and all these layers of experience. Um, So that archival fever, which is what Bibi Mm. calls it and that was the title of her speech, comes in quite strongly into the novel. What kind of book is it to read? Like... Um, How would you describe it's it? It's historical fiction, definitely, but I think it feels very contemporary. It doesn't feel like something that's it's a long time ago, um, very mannered. Um, I think that what's also interesting is that 
it brings up a lot of the contemporary issues about being seen and controlling image, but obviously in an analog context. Mm. So I think for me, it was quite a quick read. Um, it's a historical novel, but it sweeps you along quite quickly. So I really enjoyed it. And you said it takes place in the 30, 1930s, but then it also yes. takes place in other times. It, it sort of switches. does, yes. So it, it takes place in the 1930s, but then also switches back to basically the time when Haile Selassie I was trying to escape Ethiopia finally. Um, and it switches between those two time periods, and that was in the 70s. The review is part of the temporary sojourner series, which mm-hmm. we do at the JLB, where you sort of travel to to other African countries through reading the books that come from those countries, yes. which you, people may not have heard of or which we, you know, are not popularly published. Yes. So far, I looked yesterday, you've been to Liberia, Sudan, Equatorial Guinea, Burundi, Angola, Guinea-Bissau, Mauritius, Sierra Leone, and Zimbabwe. I mean, it's like, it's quite a cool series. And I think, you know, um, it's it's a really great way to get to know a country is to sort of read the books that come from the country. Definitely. I think it's quite interesting because when you read literature from the country, you get kind of a sense of the national identity mm. or how fractured that national identity is, depending on who's writing. And there's just so many cultural things that you'll never know about until you go to the country or actually read its literature. And then you'll learn about interesting traditions. So it's been a wonderful couple of years and mm. I will continue to do it. But I think I'm going to <laughs> prioritize places with a beach because I love the beach <laughs> yeah. and I think the only seaside country I've done so far is Mauritius maybe yeah I think so but I think Equatorial Guinea has a bit of a coast though so where do you have your eye on next I would like to go to Morocco. I haven't done a lot of North Africa. Morocco mm. could be quite cool. Um, I'm staying away from my own countries of Ghana <laughs> and Zambia because there's a lot of pressure. And I'm staying very far away from South Africa <laughs> because it's also kind of tricky to decide which novel in particular, I'm going to do to kind of represent mm. or dive into an entire country. And places like South Africa get very contentious very quickly. Mm. Yeah. Well, a couple of them have been the first published in English or the first translated into English from the country. Yes. I mean, that for me is something I could never have predicted, but was very surprising and also interesting that a lot of African countries only have one book that's available in English mm to represent their entire national literature. Madagascar, I think, has two. Um, Cape Verde, one is still forthcoming. Um, So that has kind of made it a little bit tricky because if I don't really like the one book, there's only one. Mm. Or if I can't get a hold of it, or if it doesn't exist in English, I'm kind of useless and don't really speak that many languages. It's also interesting, like, during the time that you've been writing these reviews, Mm -hmm. um, it's almost like more and more books are starting to be translated from those countries, and it's becoming more and more... Um, well, that's my influence. Common. That's due to my influence, obviously. <laughs> yeah. um, but I do think that there is a shift in publishing to publishing more in translation. In America, only about 3% of books that exist in the bookstores and that get published are actually in a language that isn't English, which is pretty scary. And s- the statistics are probably the same worldwide. But that is growing. There is a lot of uh, there is a lot um, more openness to looking at books that aren't originally written in English. Mm. Thanks, Ephemia. It was great to chat. You're welcome. Also in this month's edition of the JRB, Wimui Mbao reviews The Water Dancer, which is the debut work of fiction by the award-winning writer Ta-Nehisi Coates. Wimui himself is an award-winning writer as he recently won a South African Literary Award for his writing for the JRB. In fact, we were co-winners. So congratulations, Wimui. You've probably heard of the author of The Water Dancer, Ta-Nehisi Coates, because he's pretty famous for his essays and nonfiction, especially um, his book We Were Eight Years in Power, which is a collection of essays reflecting on Barack Obama's presidency and the election of Donald Trump, and Between the World and Me, which is written as a letter to his son. 
um, which is a book that Toni Morrison called Required Reading and won the National Book Award in 2015. The Water Dancer is Coates' first novel, and because he's such an influential and acclaimed writer, it's generated quite a huge amount of interest. The book tells the story of Hiram Walker, who was born into slavery in the American South, and he lives on a tobacco plantation in Virginia. He's the mixed-race son of a white plantation owner and a black, his black mother who was sold away by his father when he was very young. Wamui calls the novel a depth charge aimed at the submerged wreckage of southern slavery. Let's hear what he has to say about the book. The Water Dancer is a deeply attentive work of fiction from author and public intellectual Tarnasi Coates. The novel details the story of Hiram Walker, an enslaved black man who discovers that he possesses a kind of superpower. Tarnasi is here delving to the depths of America's past in order to tell a story about the power of memory against forgetting. It uses a deeply evocative metaphor to talk about how the story of African-American slavery is connected and revitalized by the fluidity of water, where water is what carries history. It's a novel that makes for an enjoyable and affecting read. Not perfect, but a worthy attempt to tell a story too massive to recover and too important to leave behind. To subscribe to read this on WhatsApp, add the number 082-382-1222 to your contact list and send us a message. You can also listen to Read This wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening to Read This, the book show where we tell you what's hot in the world of literature. It's brought to you by the Johannesburg Review of Books and Volume. My name is Jennifer Malik. I'm the editor of the Johannesburg Review of Books. Ciao for now. Uh-huh.